0: before you. We come individually, but we worship as a unit. We worship as a community. We are believers in your wonderful body, Lord Jesus. Love so amazing, how can it be that you would love such a one as me? Lord Jesus, this morning, it is our grand privilege and honor to come before you to worship you. You are worthy of all worship. And like the song says, even if we owned everything in the universe to present it and lay it at your feet, it would not be enough. All we have is our personal being. We bring ourselves before you. As Romans says, just to bring our life, put it on the altar. We sacrifice our life and give it to you. Our life is yours. You have bought our life with your precious blood, Lord Jesus. So take it as you will. May you be honored. May you be glorified. May you receive blessing and your face. Shine this morning as we worship together. Lord Jesus. A number of people are gone from our midst this day. Some are sick. And we do pray for them. That they will sense your dearness. And like David just prayed. Just read there. You were with us. Never to leave us or forsake us. You will never leave us. Even on our deathbed. Even on our sickness in those things, even in deep loneliness, you will never, ever leave us. Thank you for that. And there is no condemnation to those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how old we are or how young we are. Thank you, Father God, for your great faithfulness to each one of us. This day we are here to worship you because of your faithfulness, because of your love. Faithfulness, he who has called us, will also bring to pass, plus you are in us both to will and to do your good pleasure. Father, this morning, Pastor Gary's and not in our midst. Pray for him and Don. Bless them where they're at. Uh, pray for the other elders where they may be. Pray for the, those up at the uh, camp up there. May you give them a good time to worship you uh, where they're at there together. We may worship you around the world. We just uh, praise you for these things. And, Father, I do ask that your Spirit would lead us. And uh, this uh, following time, here, looking into Word. Cause us to be men and women of prayer, boys and girls of prayer that our hearts would really be devoted to this aspect of the Christian life. Thank you for being with us, and help us in these uh, minutes. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to use uh, the text uh, coming out of uh, Colossians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to that, or I'll pretty much have it up on the PowerPoint there. This is a very... Wonderful passage of scripture and a a great encouragement to us, uh, all of us as believers, no matter if we're missionaries or if we're uh, located here in our local spots, that uh, prayer is one of the things that Jesus taught the disciples to do uh, way back in Matthew chapter 6. And most of us learn the Lord's Prayer and uh, we continue to use that uh, as our guidance for uh, many of our daily prayers uh, in our lives anyway prayer is a special thing because we get to talk with god and in chinese is a king guy that means just to be able to talk just sit down and talk one-on-one with god that's basically what prayer is about so we can just have just this nice talk and fellowship with god and not to be too formal if you want to use these and those that's cool if you want to use less formal language that's cool too it doesn't really matter just talk with him He just wants to sit down and talk with you. And uh, the last month, I've had the great opportunity and privilege to have my eldest son, Stephen, and his wife, Marguerite, and our granddaughter, uh, Sophia, uh, living actually in our house, which is the first time in our uh, 42 years of marriage to have an opportunity like this. And uh, I just love talking with Sophia. My granddaughter. So we just do all kinds. She gets in the pickup and we go. gets on the four-wheeler. We talk. We uh, cut brush and stuff. Get stung by bees. Uh, We talk and uh, yell uh, in uh, in pain and so forth or whatever. Anyhow, we're just having a great time of fellowship talking. That's what it is about prayer. God likes to talk with us. He doesn't need us to talk with him. But he enjoys it. So the more we can do, the better it is. So in this passage of Scripture, Paul is the writer, and if you kind of read down through it, you'll notice that, uh, I believe it's in verse 4, there it says that he is imprisoned. Let's see, is it verse 4? No, uh, verse 3, it says Paul is actually in prison right now. Well, where would he be in prison? Well, at this time when Paul wrote Colossians, he was in the Roman prison, which is many, many miles away from uh, Asia Minor over there where Colossae is Ephesus and Laodicea and that a place. So he's way over in Rome, 60 AD to 62 AD, something like that. Nero, he's the guy in charge. He hasn't burned the Christians yet. That'll happen about 64 AD, but Nero does not like Christians. So there's a lot of pressure on that. Paul is not in the inner sanctions of the jail, but he's in house, house arrest type of thing, but he's in prison. So Paul is writing not to the people, not to the believers in Rome, but actually to the believers in Colossae a long ways away and believed in the Lord. Probably earlier than the the people that believed in Rome. There, so a little bit of background about that. The people in Colossae they used to be a big important city. Uh, when last weekend we were down in Halfway, Oregon, which is near Baker, Oregon, uh, down there. And Halfway, uh, as you know, Ken, it's out. It's an hour out of out of uh, half. It's an hour out of Baker. You drive up there. There are 300 people that live in. Halfway. Well, at one time at Cornucopia up there, there are over 5,000 people living around that camp, around where that big lodge is at right now. 5,000 people. Now it's 300 people. Well, back in the day, Colossae was a big, huge city. But as the time goes on about this time in history, 60 AD, it's not 300. It's still a huge, city, a large city, but it's not the big, humongous, glorious city that it used to be back in its earlier days. So as you think about that and read these words here, when Paul's saying devote yourselves to prayer, be thinking about this background. Plus, if you remember Colossians chapter 1, very famous, our theology about, we say Christology is so strong about who is Jesus Christ. He's a firstborn of the, he is God, he is a holder of all creation. Everything in him exists in his power, in his hand, and he's the power of his word. The thought about who Jesus is, Jesus is God. And it's not just some ethereal idea somebody's just pushing off some some ideas so at that point this is a little bit of background when Paul is talking to this church here and there are three things that he's getting at here he says he wants us to con- devote themselves to prayer conduct yourselves wisely to the people and speak gracefully uh, to the Colossian believers there and they're not necessarily under persecution though because they, generally speaking, yes, but particularly not a lot, not like in Rome for sure. There's not that much pressure uh, there in Colossae yet. But want to look uh, this word here about devote, and that is a, a word that's uh, we use like uh, I am devoted to my wife. Uh, I've been married to Dinah for 42 years. It's not long enough yet, but I'm looking for many many more to be together. I'm devoted to her. I don't think in anything. Any other person besides her, she's my only love in my life. And so I'm devoted to this woman here. But it's not just that type of a devotion here. There's, there's that aspect too, but it has more of a bit of a constant idea and a consistency. So if you can look up on this, uh, up here it's uh, Acts. Uh, could could you hit the lights to turn off this, please? Uh, uh, one more, get a little, so you guys can see. Can you see? See that now, a little bit better. About the this is Acts one fourteen. It says these are all of one mind. Okay, the believers just got saved there in Jerusalem, and they were hanging out together in uh, with one another. And what were they doing? They were continually devoting themselves to prayer. So this idea of prayer is essential the get go in the Christian life. When people became Christians there in uh, in uh, the city of Jerusalem at the beginning of the church, they went into praying. And uh, being together, but the, this, the word is added there is continually, because of the word devotion. Even though it's it's a different w- word in Greek, but it has this idea of constancy or continuous. There, Acts six four. Now this is one that you all have been doing quite a bit in the previous days about elders and about deacons. You do this study here. This comes from that. Then we will. The uh, there were some problems in the church there and. In Jerusalem, and there are many Gentile uh, people there, uh, some elderly women there, not getting enough food. It wasn't being divided properly. And so people are calling on the elders, or like actually the apostles, to go out and minister. And the apostles said, No, we shouldn't be doing this, but we must devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So keep focused on one kind of a project, one type of a project to do. Don't get scattered out. So don't be a shotgun approach to ministry, but be, okay, devote, focus in, and then keep in it. Pastor Gary is a very good illustration of this uh, principle here. Pastor Gary is our pastor teacher here. He's the elder here. And he is very gracious, and he gets around to see a lot of people. He calls a lot of people on the phone. And every Sunday morning, you'll notice he starts right up here, and he works his way uh, almost every one. He'll talk to almost every one of you. But what does he do mostly during the week? He devotes himself. He keeps focused in on what he's supposed to do, devoted to prayer and to the ministry of the word, and that's what trying to keep that narrowed down. So when Paul talks to us here about devotion to prayer, he says, "Keep in this thing," and it's not just for preachers, not just for missionaries, but this text, if we, if you read it right there and look at it, it says continually, de, uh, continually steadfast. Okay, continue steadfastly in prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer and. the the preposition in there is you. You, you guys. <laughs> Apostles talking to the, the audience there in the, the church of Colossae. So he's not really talking to his buddy Timothy or to Aristarchus or to Paphras or to the other guys. He is talking to the average person in, out there in the church. So it's not just pastors and missionaries, elders, deacons that are supposed to be devoted. But it's every one of us. We are believers we have received this challenge, actually command uh, from Paul in the word of God for us here. So, now how do we remain devoted in prayer? Now that is a very difficult thing to do. I've been a missionary. We signed up to be a missionary in 1979. So, uh, two more years is going to be 40 years of being with a mission. And actually going out, leaving America is 1981. So, it's been 38 years, 30. Eight year, 30 I mean, thirty-six, five, six years. Anyhow, a long time. So, by God's grace, we've been able to persevere in China ministries. By God's grace. I haven't gotten sick, had to, had to leave that or something. other happened. But if anybody, if you meet anyone, and like Dave Gossett, and many of you know me, and like Ken Wimp knows me, Paul's kind of a one-track mind. one track guy. He doesn't, he does other things. That's right. But he's, you talk to him. He loves China and he's very biased about Chinese people, whatever, this guy's focused. He just keeps at it, and for 30-some years, he's never left China. Okay, that's one way of talking about devotion, the constancy, keeping at it. And that's what this idea of devotion to prayer uh, tries to bring out here, and the underlying ideas. But how do you really do that? Here, uh, in the text, it says keeping alert in it with an attitude of prayer. So there are two ways, that how do you keep, you know, how, how do you keep devoting yourself to prayer? Because it's easy to say. How, how many of you sitting out here in days gone by said, come on Sunday morning, in, oh, Lord, this week I didn't even pray. I am so sorry. I'm going to pray this week. Have you ever done that before? I, I did that so many times from when I was little till, till, time, was till 1971. I lied to God. I made so many promises to God. I broke them so many times. It's innumerable. I did that because I knew as a Christian I was supposed to do this. Oh yeah, and come back the next week. Oh, I didn't even pray. Oh well, maybe I prayed for you know my breakfast, my my lunch, maybe. But other than that, for sure not. Well, this—how do you really keep at it in prayer? It's not an easy matter. Praying is a very, very difficult thing to do. I go to sleep often when I pray. Just come up in my office. So if you come up, I have a beautiful view of the lake and I'll be just snoozing away in my chair and I should be praying. I started praying and then I soon went to, to sleeping. So keep an alert in it with an attitude of so how do I actually keep alert in, the, in my prayers? Because it's, yes, it's easy to say devote yourself to prayer. It's very difficult to do it actually in real life. So one of the ways that Paul is encouraging the believers is to keep alert in your prayer. How are you going to do it with an attitude of, of thanksgiving? Now, it's the opposite of being a griper. It's the opposite of being a complainer, right? Basically, th- an attitude of thanksgiving compared to an attitude of griping, attitude of complaining. It's, it's really pretty simple what the, the opposite of this thing is. This morning, thank you all. You're very gracious. I have not heard one complaint, one grouch so far of, it's so hot in here, I can hardly stand it. Our air condition has gone out now the third week in a row. Bao Rong, Bao Rong. That's the Chinese way of saying, please forgive us, please forgive us. There's something wrong with the machinery here. <laughs> We're working on it. But, praise God, we have a place to worship. Praise God, we didn't have any police standing out the door giving us a hassle to come in or check your passports or your ID or whatever. None of that kind of stuff. We have very soft seats. Many of the places I go in China, we don't have these soft seats. We have hand wooden. Hand hewn benches we sit on, that kind of stuff. So it's very, we have a very nice, yes, other people have a nicer. You know, probably next week it'll be much nicer. Better preacher will be here, and a better circumstance will be here. Air condition will be on, whatever. Yes, but how I, the idea is the attitude. We come to worship Jesus, and how are we going to stay alert in prayer? Really one of the things. Oh, Jesus, thank you for the air condition. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Today we don't have air condition. Jesus, thank you. We have soft seats. Jesus, thank you. I have clothes to wear. Jesus, thank you. I had a car to come in here. Jesus, thank you. I have air. Jesus, thank you. I get to eat blueberries, even though they're sour, for breakfast this morning. Jesus, thank you for whatever, because it's Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Right? Come to pray, to prayer. Jesus, you have done everything. You have given me everything. Jesus, thank you. That simple, humble prayer changes a lot of stuff. When you stop giving thanks, you kind of get moved from being on this position to being, okay, well this is right, that's not that's not quite right. I think this should be a change over here. I think that oh, we get off on our who's who's the boss here? Who's who's the one kind of observing and and viewing our lives? So keeping alert in Prayer, if we can come with an attitude of thanksgiving, it really does help us. And I actually applied this many times because I start to get sleepy. Okay, thank you, Jesus, for this. I actually tried to go to sleep when when I'm praying. This morning I was up at 5.30 preparing this, and even though I have the pressure all this, I wanted to go to sleep. So, Jesus, thank you. I get to preach today. Jesus, thank you, all this, whatever is going on. It helped me. Okay. I think that's something that is helpful for us. Is the attitude of thanksgiving. Second thing that Paul gives us is praying at the same time for us as well. Now, the focus on prayer. Many times, and I don't think it really matters if you're a little little child. Uh, okay, we'll do, we'll use you Owen. You're what, thirteen years old, right? Very close to thirteen, though, right? Okay, and Max, you're already thirteen. All right, thirteen-year-olds are pretty somewhat mature. They're growing here. And it's it's easy to kind of just prayer, pray 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 oh pray for my dad pray for my mom pray for my sister pray for my two brothers pray for my grandparents pray for you know grandpa Bill, and that it's easy to do that's kind of self it's about self, and a lot of times praying when we start it starts there. But kids, your prayers may be a bit self centered sometimes, but. I am not much different. And every adult sitting here, will, if they're pretty honest with this, they'll say, yeah, I'm pretty self-centered in my prayers. I pray for my four boys, my, grand, grand, my grandchildren. I've, okay, whose comes up first? It's usually about me, those related to me. That's about me. But this text here is encouraging us to not just pray for my things, the selfish prayer, the more selfish prayer, let's say that, But to pray for others at the same time, while we are keeping alert in our prayers through Thanksgiving, at the same time, then pray for other people. Intercessory prayer is very insightful. It's very encouraging, very stimulating. When we pray for other people, it is really quite exciting to see what God is doing in other people's lives. And when we pray for their lives or pray for their problems, we pray for Jerry all the time, don't we? Your brother Jerry, he has come along, and it's exciting. We pray for him. And at the, sa- at the same time, praying for us, every- other people at will, as well, is something that we can be involved in devoting ourselves to prayer. Now, the f- further on down in the t- text here, verse 3 it comes along, there are three different results of uh, these prayers, of the devotion to prayer. First of all, in verse 3B, it says, pray that God will open to us. Okay, that would be Paul. He's talking to Colossians. He's sending a letter way over to Colossae. But actually, Paul is right now sitting in the jail, house arrest over in Rome, a long ways away. So he sends this letter, sitting in Rome, he sends a letter over to Colossae over there. Colossians, please pray for us who are sitting over here in Rome Pray for us that we will have an open door for the word. Now, that's interesting because why does he say open door? Where is Paul sitting? Is he free to move about wherever he wants to go? No way. He's he's not necessarily chained, but he's not going to leave the perimeters. Like in in China, there's all kinds of guys under house arrest right now. They have the freedom to move around within the parameters of that house. You can't get outside on the street. You You go to jail right there. In, inside of a jail thing. So this is kind of Paul's context. He says, open up a, a, a door. Well, it's not just a door, a wooden door like this, or a metal or a stone door. This is an, a, a metaphorical saying, an opportunity here to, t- to tell people about the word of God, even though he's in jail. So that means people are going to have to come to him, which uh, really happened. Second result, so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been in prison. So here we know. He's in prison, we find out, okay, he's in Rome, he's in prison. Even though he's bound up, he's restricted, let's say that, restricted to a small geographical, you know, maybe 500 square feet or something like that. It's a small place where he's at. Now, what he wants to do is speak forth the mystery of Christ. And earlier on, we already know that there's the hope that Jesus Christ is in you, the hope of glory. That is the mystery that Jesus Christ, God of all gods, very God himself, and we say he is everywhere present, the term omnipresent. God, Jesus Christ, is everywhere present. So how in the world can he live in you? Okay, let's use my little granddaughter. She's the smallest one about in here right now. Maybe there's a baby, but I don't think so. Okay, how can God that big? I can't even crawl inside and get in her. How can God live in Sophia? It's impossible. It is a mystery. It is amazing. How can God live in you and me? The better question is, why would he? Right? We we are not lovely. We are not. We're sinful and dirty. But Jesus lives in us. The mystery, this is a great mystery. How in the world could it be? Because this didn't happen in the Old Testament. People got saved in the Old Testament. They were born again. Well, let's say they were declared righteous. They believed in God. who's was credited to them as righteousness. But they did not live in Jesus and Jesus lived in them. In the church age, this is the first thing to happen. It's amazing that Jesus Christ lives in us. You and I have the intimate relationship with Jesus Christ like nobody else. It is an amazing thing to take this mystery and to share it with other people. Third thing that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Now, Paul's sitting in jail in this small room. He has people come in to visit him. He probably has high-level officers, low-level officers that come in. People are giving food, probably. Maybe people will look at the house or something. I'm not sure. People that come by to visit. So does Paul speak the same word the same way to every person? No. I would say no. Dave Gossett just remind us today of tip 14, I think it is, how to talk to people. And that whole idea about God's space, it's like we don't talk to everyone the exact same words. The message is the same. Last week, Bill, you said it very clearly. The message does not change, but how we talk to people will change in everyone we talk with. The message does not change. That's what he's saying, that I may make clear the way I ought to speak. Because the way I talk to Ralph is going to be t- different, I think, than the way I talk to John. And for sure, it's different way I talk to Emma. All right? She's got to be on this side of the pickup with me, going, going off out to the hills, and I'll talk to her a different way than I talk to you. It's, it's different. We need... Okay, the, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Paul is concerned, even though he's in prison, he's restricted, But he is vigilant and ready to share the gospel. He is on the lookout, even in that kind of a context. Okay, for application here, there's going to be, on your notes there's some application at the bottom. Tomorrow, I fly to China. By God's grace, it'll all go well and everything. I'll get over there Tuesday night. And I'll be gone for almost a month. Lord willing, I'll be back August 21st. So those of you who receive my prayer letter and that, you'll see every day I have packed pack full of things to go. So I'll be in Hong Kong, I'll be in Macau, I'll be in two or three different places in China, uh, talking with many, many, many different types of people. Teaching Greek, teaching theology, listening, you know, doing evangelism, so forth. So, when you think of Paul this next, you know, month, pray that God will open up a door for Paul for the Word of God. Very easy application. Okay. Pray that Paul and his buddies out there, my coworkers, we may speak forth the mystery of Christ. Not how Trump is doing, not how America's economy is doing, not about other things, but the mystery of Christ. What the Bible says about Jesus Christ out there for which I've not been in prison, but, you know, pray that I won't get in prison, really. Uh, and then the third one pray that I may make it clear. How I speak with people. I told, last time I talked, I told you about the snake story, right? The, the k- young couple who I was trap shooting with down in California. And I got to meet with them. They, we ate this big, huge snake. And they asked questions for four hours. Well, next Thursday, this coming Thursday, they are going to meet with me all day. They're going to come out of China and they're going to come into Hong Kong and spend all day with me. And then in one of the emails, do you know what they said? And please hear this correctly. Is they said, could we be your disciples too? In this neck, They've already said that one time, but they said it again and I didn't mention it this time in any of my, my text to them. Now the meaning is that they want to know, because they know I'm discipling other people in that uh, around. So they want... Their, the meaning is they're very hungry to know Jesus. Pray that I'll, I'll listen well. Like the God... The God's face help me to listen, not talk so much, but listen to what they're actually saying and meaning by what they mean, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak, so that I can get the mystery, get get the gospel out as clear as I can, and see what the Holy Spirit does in their lives. Second thing, conduct yourselves wisely toward the outsiders, making the most of your time. Some of you have translation of redeeming the time, excellent translation, redeeming the time. Ex-agorazo is the, the Greek word for there, which means when we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, same word, same kind of idea, that we live this life. Every one of us have 24 hours a day. Every one do. We are all equal at that point. Even though we are unequal in how we're created, our abilities, gifts, or whatever, that's, we're not equal in that. But in the one area we truly are equal, we each have 24 hours. Paul is telling these believers in Colossae there. Yes, you, your church or your city may not be on the rise. Maybe it's kind of going down, getting smaller and so forth. It's not the glory days of, of Pascal Day, but don't worry about it. You just conduct yourselves. Live in a way that you are, have a wise way that you live. People are somewhat, quote-unquote, impressed with your godliness. Not in how opinionated you are about certain things. Or how you have these certain whatever about you. But hopefully it's about how we treat people that looks, appears somewhat like Jesus. That's our whole thing. Romans chapter 8 says we were predestined, we were called, we were saved. So that we might be conformed to the image of Christ. That's what we're here about today. We pray to help people obey God, but we pray as well that Jesus, help me to be more like you. Help my life to be some semblance of you. And this is really scary for me to tell you this, because my granddaughter has been watching me 24 hours a day for a whole month. She watches everything that I do, almost. Now, I'm standing up here telling you, I really am trying to be more like Jesus We'll see if you go ask her, does, does grandpa really try to be like Jesus every day at, around the house there? Maybe I'm trying, but maybe it's not so good. But you're, you're just like me, right? We have the same problem here. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. We need to be like Jesus by his grace, by his power. It's Him who is in, living in us, both to will and to do His good pleasure by God's grace. That we can have a somewhat favorable impression on other people that we maybe are Christians, like that, like a bit like Jesus Christ. We do, we don't have time to waste on it. Time's passing, and we can never get it back. Today, what we have is today. Yesterday has gone by. Confess it, if need be, whatever. Forget it, basically. Today, oh Lord Jesus, help me, fill me. Help me to be more like you today, and we'll see. Now, I say all of this, impressing on us the the need for our daily lives and holiness to be more like Jesus. Yes, that is very true. But at the same time... I can go to China and I can find 100 people on the street, bring them in, and 99 of them will probably have a better lifestyle than me. Probably be more gracious and so forth than me. Your lifestyle will not get anybody to Jesus. It'll help them see, be inquiring or what, but if they're going to get saved, they've got to hear the words. So let your speech always be with grace as though it's seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Yes, by God's grace, we have a a growing lifestyle that does somewhat in some areas resemble the Lord Jesus Christ by his grace. But we cannot stop there. We've got to speak the word of God. The word of God is a power. Well, the gospel is a power of God unto salvation. And we know that the word of God is stronger than a two-edged sword. It is powerful. It's not your eloquence and not your lifestyle, whatever. It's the word of God used in the Holy Spirit. He does things. People come to Jesus. It's just thrilling. So here, Paul is challenging the Colossians way over here to pray for Paul and his buddies over here in Rome. Let your your speech always be seasoned with salt, like grace. Grace. Something that comes off a graciousness out of her spirit, and something that is worth something like what what Jesus they'll say. What would Jesus say? It's good enough to put in this uh, this text here. And he turns the focus a bit from himself actually to the Colossian church over there. Says, now you guys over in Colossians, you need to be careful of how you talk. You just don't let stuff come out of your mouth. It needs to be like, okay, salt things down so it tastes good, flavorful, pleasing, aromatic, something that people really want to dig into and eat. That our speech has great influence on other people, huge influence. Help us, Lord Jesus. And when we talk, the words that come out of our mouth will be like Jesus in the spirit of Jesus and by God's grace, words of truth that help. Again, Paul's emphasis on how to respond to each other because we don't say the same thing in the same way to everyone in every circumstance. That's why he's saying this, that we need to have that flexibility and have the wisdom to go with that. So when you pray for me, oh, please pray for me in this area because I can say things in Chinese. I know the words, but it may come out the wrong tone. Like juju, I can call the Lord a pig or I can call him Lord the same sound different tone i screwed it up bad and then i can also say jew something like that instead of having a good attitude about what i'm saying in act- actuality i'm saying something else in how the tone you know it's coming out of my my attitude or so forth so something that you can be praying for me about devote yourselves to prayer conduct yourself wisely Speak gracefully. Ch- Paul challenged the church in Colossae to pray for him. That word is true for us today. Yes, we live in of We're here. My friends live over in China, Hong Kong, Macau over there. Yes, we all do. But same message for us. It's okay. Conduct yourself wisely and with other people. And that yourself actually is every individual. When you look at the original, it says every individual. Like, Okay, John and Margie, it's different. How you how you treat each other or one and each other people is, even though you may say the same thing to the same person, you're going to probably say it different because that ha- conduct yourselves wisely. And that's really this individuality of the thing. Speak gracefully with one another. Then application, pray for me daily if you would, if you have the, uh, the time and the Holy Spirit leads you to do that. Uh, pray for yourself. Pray for Pastor Gary and the elders here in particular. Uh, there are other, many other people to pray for. Uh, pray for one another. We need it. Help us to be more like Jesus uh, in our daily lives. So let's uh, have a prayer, and then we're going to sing a couple of more songs. Uh, Janice, why don't you come on up and get ready for that. Lord Jesus, we are very thankful to be able to come into your presence. Thank you for your word. It is unchangeable, just like you. Your word is truth. And Lord Jesus, we truly love you and we adore you. We desire to be more like you. That it is our heart's great desire not just to learn a lot more. I teach Greek, I teach theology and all of that, to pretty heady stuff. But it's to know you more, help people know you better. Become more like you, Lord Jesus. It is a wonderful thing to know you and to be known by you. What a great privilege we have. Oh, Lord Jesus, this day, if there's somebody here that does not know you, has not come to a personal relationship with you, Lord, give them that, just tweak in their hearts, that desire to be like you and how to be. Come and talk to one of us. Oh, Lord Jesus, bless each person here and cause us to glorify you together in all that we do and say. In your name we pray, amen. So if you have your... If you would turn on, can you turn on the lights again, please? Thanks, good. Uh We're going to, the next song we're going to do is stand up, stand up for Jesus. If you want to stand up, fine. If, if you want to sit down, but then when we get down to Be Thou My Vision, I'd like to ask everyone to stand on that one, please. So we'll do stand up, stand up for Jesus first.
1: Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss From victory unto victory his army shall he lead Till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed Stand up, stand up for Jesus The trumpet call obey Forth to the mighty conflict In this His glorious day He that are men now serve Him Against unnumbered foes Let courage rise with danger And strength to strength oppose Stand up, stand up for Jesus In his strength alone The arm of flesh will fail you Ye dare not trust your own Put on the gospel armor And watching unto prayer Cause the voice of duty be never wanting
0: there. Great words, huh? Wonderful words for us to, uh, to live by. So if everyone would stand now and be thou my vision. This is a quite an old song, but it really has a concept of lift our eyes up unto God, uh, who is our vision.
1: Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art, thou my bless throughout in the day and in night, waking or sleeping now presence my light. Riches I need not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance to all my days. Thou and Thou lonely, though first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure Thou art. O King of heaven battle is done. Grand heaven's joys to me, bright heaven's sun. Christ of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, my ruler of all.
0: Amen. And now we'll do the doxology and, uh, if you know it by heart, fine. If not, it's written down here. So let's uh, sing the doxology.
1: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, the and heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.